Ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Austins and Marley Watkins, welcome to Worldie. Right, lady, ladies, and I was about to do the intro again. Yeah, We've already yeah. done that. We once. have, yeah, nicely done as well. Yeah, it's just you, topical one as well. Uh, we're, we're, it's episode twenty-seven of the Worldly Podcast. Lovely, and uh, it comes once again a week of strange and mysterious results uh, for Oxford Reading, and which we'll talk about in great detail. But yesterday was FA Cup Day. Yeah, first round and of the still FA going Cup. Right now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, first round of the FA Cup. Obviously, a lot of ties going on. So we had a whole bunch of them yesterday. Proper. Which I Saturday. always like to say that. First round proper. First round yeah. proper. Um, yeah, because there have been at least 17 rounds prior to this <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, yeah, so first round proper the FA Cup uh, yesterday. Uh, there's currently a whole bunch of games going on at the moment as well, because we are now we're recording this on Sunday. Anyone, any cheeky one sneak through? I think Bill Ricky got a very nice draw away at Chesterfield, which I think is a nice one. Yeah, we'll, oh, we'll, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, hello, bless you. <laughs> no, um, I've you, got away with it. Oh, okay, well done. Yeah, okay, um, we're fine. Geisley are currently beating Cambridge 4-0. Maidstone United beat Macclesfield, which adds to Macclesfield's ongoing terribleness this season. Yeah, they're not having a good. I don't know if they they may have rested people for that. Don't know, but either way, that's a, that's a that's a fairly yeah. poor result for them. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of games going on. Shrewsbury won, Salford won. I okay. mean, Salford are currently, I think, top of. I want to say Conference that's North. The, that's the bloody Man United, um, but they're the bunch, ones. They're the it? ones are being like, yeah, funded up the Wahoonie, um yeah. with, with ridiculous amounts of money. Um, but yeah, they're currently drawing with uh, uh, Shrewsbury. Um, other than that, nothing particularly interesting going on at the moment today. Barnet one nil up against Bristol Rovers. Uh, yeah, all fairly boring. Let's talk about one interesting result from yeah. yesterday, uh, which was Tranmere Rovers three uh, x top flight Tranmere Rovers three. Oxford City three, yeah. So Tranmere of uh, of League Two, Oxford City are in Conference South. That's two divisions below Tranmere. So it's you know it's not a massive golf, but it's yeah. it's a big enough golf. Tranmere are just one of those teams that you that like psychologically are a big team. Well, right? they're a professional football team, yeah. and they have a very big stadium. Oxford City play at Marsh Lane at Court Place Farm, um, mm. which is capacity of two thousand, but realistically, it's 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 nearly all standing. I think I think you can seated. There's probably about a hundred maximum right, yeah. um, that that can. Fit in there at Court Place Farm, um, it's yeah, it was a, it's a bit a big day for them. I think they really enjoyed their day out up there. Obviously, our local local radio was covering it, so they were doing oh, live nice. commentary on the digital for yeah. for that game. Um, in Oxford United uh, against uh, Forest Green was on was on FM, um, so they did a little dual broadcast, which was nice. Um, yeah, huge result for them. I mean, I mean, they were they were three tell three two up with with a minute to go. Yeah, you know, and it was the 89th minute they conceded an equaliser. They'd been they'd been ahead. They'd been they they initially were behind. Tramia got back, and it then was a topsy turvy game. Yeah, and they were, City were back in front twice in that game. Um, but but nevertheless, I mean, they've they've got themselves a replay back at Court Place Farm, which which will be interesting. And now. a hat trick for Shiminga. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's having a really good season as well. Actually, he's a, he's obviously nice. a, a good little player. They've got uh, a, a lad called Sam. Tombe, I think he is from from MK Dons on loan, um, who's had a um, a very big impact, and he I think he's set up at least two of those goals yesterday as well. Nice, so he's very um, nice. so yeah, Oxford City actually having a very good season, uh, but weirdly, well no, sorry, they're having a very good season in the cup. Um, but they're doing exactly what they did last season because they made it to the second round of the FA Cup last season um, and only did 
okay in the yeah, league okay. and the same things happening to them this season their league forms a bit I think they're currently mid-table yeah. um, in Conference South um, and yet they're doing really well in the FA Cup which is kind of fairly typical it's yeah. weird how yeah, that yeah. happens it is. I well really... I was just thinking like Plymouth Argyle obviously having a very bad time of it this year picked up a rather nice home victory against Stevenage in, in the FA Cup and I think teams like teams like Plymouth I mean they are a bit of a cup team because I think they've had some success over the years and you know I think it does help if, if you're in a bad way You've only got to survive relegation, let's say, and get a few rounds into the FA Cup, and people are pr- can be pretty happy with that season. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. If you're not having, if, if you're having a fairly poor game you know, season in the league, then actually the cups are a, a, a nice kind of bonus. Isn't One it? of the things that really pissed me off a couple of seasons ago, actually, and it was, um, or was it last season? I can't remember. Um, it was Bournemouth who were comfortably mid-table in the Premier League. Okay, and they were playing um, Arsenal in the third or fourth round of the FA Cup. So you know, we were well in, we were into the new year by this stage. Um, Bournemouth were not going to get anything that season. They were not going to get into Europe. They were definitely not going to get relegated. So, you know, they, they were fine. They made 10 changes for an FA Cup game against Arsenal. Mm. I mean, what the fuck are Bournemouth going to achieve in the league? Why yeah. what on earth are they resting players for? Whereas if they'd played, you know, if they'd continued, if they played full strength teams in those FA Cup games, realistic chance, a genuine yeah. realistic chance of making the final, possibly even getting into Europe out of that. Yeah. And yet they're making 10 changes. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. Well, who was it? Yeah. I've forgotten. There's some Premier League team. I can't remember who it is, but this season they're in the Europa league mm-hmm. uh, and they're like resting players for that yeah. because they're more worried about staying in the Premier League than doing that like, isn't that what you've been working for yeah. that kind of thing well that, that happened to that happened to what's his name didn't it um, uh, Martin O'Neill yes when he, he got in trouble manager, didn't he because yeah. he because uh, for yeah. the I think I think final of the the UEFA Cup he basically rested like they half had a his big team league game. because they were tr- they were also trying to get um, fourth in the league to, mm. to to get the Champions League spot. Um, so he rested loads of players for the UEFA Cup game. They lost that game quite badly, and then they failed to make fourth in the Premier League. Yeah. And Villa never recovered from that. Yeah. Yeah. And they they've basically been on a slide since then. And had he took taken the fucking UEFA Cup seriously, they might have had major European silverware in their cabinet. Yeah, like again, again. I mean, yeah. well, what? But, yeah, but I mean, like, in, in, that's what they would have achieved in recent years. Absolutely. Whereas actually, yeah. all now people think about is remember that time then they nearly. Yeah. Nearly made it into the championship. Fucking yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It is rubbish. But there it we go. Um, but rubbish. yeah, and I love the FA Cup. Um, and um, we've had some uh, some good success in the FA Cup in recent years. Um, third round against um, Swansea City in the promotion season in 2016. We beat yeah. them in the third round um, when they were they were Premier League at the time. Um, it was a fucking brilliant game. We beat them three two, but it was like a really kind of topsy turvy game. But we were we were kind There's of there's a certain the urgency team. in an FA Cup game that yeah. gives it that gives it a lot of energy. They're always fun to watch. But before we talk about Oxford's game this yeah. week, we're gonna go we're gonna go down uh, the whatever road it is. Don't know. Is it the four, is, is it, Where are we going? Well, I was just trying to think of a road that links Reading and Oxford. Oh, um, the four. From, what was it? The four oh seven four. Yes, the four oh seven four. Yes, come, it is. Let's the come down the four oh seven four over the Golden Balls roundabout, past <laughs> Wallingford. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Past that place where all the bikers go on a Sunday afternoon. Oh yeah, Berensfield. Berensfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. past there, uh, down into Reading, over the Thames and into town, and we'll talk about Reading's uh, two all draw with bottom of the table Ipswich because there's quite a lot to talk about. It was a, it was a super interesting game. Terrible. 
are absolutely terrible. <laughs> like the opening ten minutes looked interesting from afar. It was the, the BBC score updates. Yeah. Honestly, like so, building up to this game, there was a lot of talk about Reading have had uh, three good victories at home. We've been beating teams towards the bottom of the table, you know, and. Um, we're now playing Ipswich, who are rock bottom and easily the poorest team in the, in the league so far. Oh what a great chance to add to this home record, make it four wins mm. out of five at home and all that stuff. And everyone's getting quite, you know, a bit more positive about things. And we've got a great chance because we all know Ipswich are shit. So there's yeah, a great yeah. chance here to do it. They have just got a new manager. Old Lambert has appeared. Um, has yeah, has, has appeared over there, and so they were trying to repair some of the damage that's gone on. And for them, also, it's a massive game as well because they're probably looking around and thinking, "Well, what kind of teams do lose at home?" Well, Reading, they're down here with us. This is a game we should target for a win. Yeah, yeah. So it's by no means was going to be a walkover, but it should have been a game that Reading were in control of and and managing you know pushing for a victory so we all turn up and it's shitting down with rain as well so it was it was a footballing day but it kind of felt a bit like this is this might not be the day no. that we were going to be hoping for and um we get into the stadium very well observed uh minute silence and we had the um the military brass band come around the stadium and all that stuff which was very nice um and the stadium were planned to get everybody in a few minutes earlier to be ready for that stuff because kind of the pre-match stuff started about five minutes earlier than it normally would have done. Yeah. It's very, very good. Uh, so all that went off very well. The game kicked off uh, and then uh, Ipswich scored within like five minutes. Yeah. And scored in a fashion so <laughs> typical to the shit that we've been going through. So every time there's a corner, I'm shitting myself. And once again, as I bitched about last week, all 11 men in the box yeah. none of them seem to know what to do and the ball comes in again it bobbles around a little bit it falls to a guy and he smashes it through a crowd of people and it's, it's one nil. yeah I, I hate that brutal <laughs> and so all of the good feeling and everything that had been building up to the game and we played basically the same lineup as last week so that's good as well because there's no you know no major chopping and changing and stuff Yarkola, the goalkeeper was the only switch out um and everyone's down, and it's like, for fuck's sake, we cannot be losing against Ipswich at home. Like, this is bad times. But we go up the other end, a little break down the left, I think it was Mo Barrow broke down the left, whips in a low, low cross to the near post, and uh, Johnny on the spot, on form, bang on form at the minute, Yaku Mati overhead kick with the left foot into the bottom corner. Nice. Beautiful goal. And it's like, good. Right, okay, so that sets right this terrible start. And we can now start to play a bit more football. Uh, except, no. So within about five minutes of, of, of Matey getting that goal, a very, very simple, like two-pass move through the midfield, through the non-existent midfield, uh, sets, um, was it Freddie Sears, who we know is a good player, sets Freddie Sears um, through. But we've got two defenders. There's Yadam and Liam Moore. They're supposed to be two of our best players. Uh, who can't make their mind up who's defending the ball between them <laughs> and they literally let Sears run through unopposed. They didn't do that thing where they like, like, like go on, you have it, you have it. That's no, exactly just, oh, what they man. did. <laughs> and it was brutal to watch and it really just looked as if they just let him through one of, you know, a deadly striker. Oh man, that's not something that happens in a, in a team that's firing properly, is it? Like It was horrible to watch and, and then Sears just rolls it in the corner like it's nothing, you know, like it's easy, super easy finish. And, 
the whole stadium is like looking at Paul Clement like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what is this nonsense? And he was clearly like, you know, he was very pissed off with the thing. But what happened then was that everyone was down. The stadium's down, the players are down, everyone's down. And and toward the end of the first half, Clement was really like obviously trying to get an equaliser before half time so he could take something out of the half. But he just started changing everything. So all of a sudden, he's trying trying to change the formation. You can see him, because where we're seated, we're quite close to the dugout, so you can hear all of his his uh, chats with the players. Yeah. And he's calling over the, the near side like winger, and he's like, look, we're going to do this, giving him the symbols like five at the back now with you two. And all of the players are looking at each other like, what? Like, what? And at one point, Tyler Blackett just like looked over and he was like, what? And I can hear him, what? And I can see Clement just going, Free! Free like this to him, and Black is like, I don't know what you mean. Look, it was oh, it was it was horrible to watch. We 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 talked about this a while back about Carl Robinson, and we were saying how because we were talking about Plan A and and yeah. and, and Plan B is to do Plan A properly, and and um, managers and teams and coaches should have systems ready for eventualities so you you should like we're going to go out and we're going to attempt to do this game in in this manner if things don't go well we this this will be the system we revert to and they've got you if if you're going to change systems in the game you've got to have fucking drilled that with people you they've can't got to know yeah exactly you can't just yeah. make up new formations on the fly and based on the subs that you make the players should know what's happening yeah, because yeah. as we moved into the second half we didn't get that equalizer at the end of the first uh, as we move into the second half after he, he's obviously managed to set things right during the halftime team talk or at least clarify the situation <laughs> um he starts making subs you know 50 55 60th minute whatever and the players again they don't know and we played during that game we started with the 433 the standard 433 we then went to this like 5311 type of thing right and then in the second half we're playing a 442 and the whole time i'm thinking do the players really know do they really know who's where? And, and have they trained for this? Yeah. And they did that thing where they're like rotating subs. So one sub comes on and it's a position change, right? But that's to set up the yep. next sub yep. and then they rotate into yep. the position. But John Swift, who came on, he he started off in the 1-1, one, one, right? So he's gone up in behind the striker. And then when they bring on the other sub, I think it was Mark Minolte, right? A striker who came on for John O'Shea, a centre-back. <laughs> so there's obviously like a rotation system happening within the team. Uh, but Swift is still playing up front. And Clement is just at the back. And honestly, he's literally shouting, Swifty! Swifty! Midfield! <laughs> Midfield! <laughs> and John Swift's like looking at what? Like, what? And I was like, is that it? Like is that is that, that is the extent of the tech the, the technical and tactical yeah. mouse is like you midfield <laughs> yeah. you you go strike ball now yeah. <laughs> it was honestly like that and I was like oh my god oh dear this is very very bad <laughs> and then I guess in about the eighty in about the eightieth minute um, we were putting a lot of pressure when well, we were way better in the four four two Gareth McLeary came on and was was very very good on the right hand side putting in some cross isn't being generally more attacking and it was much better and then um Bakuna put in a lovely uh, wide to center 
infield curling ball and Yaku at the back post knocked it in for the equaliser and I didn't even it was one of those ones I didn't even celebrate I was like we shouldn't even be in this fucking position no. so it's ridiculous that we're now getting that we're celebrating this last gasp equaliser against a team that's fucking garbage yeah at home against a team that's bottom of the table scraping a draw against them exactly yeah. it was really bad and we could have gone on to win the game to be fair but then the strikers that had the chances I mean, Baldock, less I says, but Baldock and, and um, McNulty, who had the chances, both of them very similar cutbacks towards the edge of the 16-yard and the shot, both blazed it over, and you're like, if those players had had the time and had the confidence, we might have scored them and won that game against against the odds. But And in, in, Clement's, in Clement's post-match, and it, it really it frustrates me a bit because his, his interviews are generally good, and what's clear is that he sees the problems on the pitch, which is good because you know a lot of managers are in denial, right? Yeah, he's clearly not in denial. He sees exactly what's going on, but he can't fix it. No. <laughs> but he at least he at least acknowledges the problems, which I think goes some way to placating the fans because it's not like they're being fobbed off with some bullshit. No. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, so, and he said it was you know we were two different teams. The first half we were terrible. He was like we were really. It was like one of the worst we've ever seen in the first half and in the second half we were a different team and and we can't put our we can't put 90 minutes together enough to to win to win these games on a regular basis and he's he's right but still some of the individual errors point to something more fundamental yes. going wrong yep um because you know and i said to i said to to, to john and matt who i was at the, at the match with Liam Moore's agent must be fucking pissed off that he didn't sell him because he's not going to sell him after this shit. No, no, no. Like this guy that they were saying was between 10 and 15 million and now he can't defend a simple straight ball through the, through the middle of defence. It's, it's an embarrassment. And that, it's similar to what we were talking again, we were talking about this with Oxford before about Carla Robinson bemoaning the individual errors. I don't coach them to make mistakes yeah. and stuff like that. It's like, no, no, but you're in charge of the system and the system, you know, it might just be the individual mistakes. But when you've got players who, who are good footballers yeah. making mistakes, then perhaps there is something wrong with the way they're being asked to play football because it's yeah. because it, cause it's cause it's affecting their game. Similar, it was definitely the case under Pep Clotet as well because he, he was trying to play a game that was way too technical for the talent of the people that he had, which is why they kept making mistakes. So you, going back to your point about um, about Clement, sort of know, know, obviously knowing what the problems are, where the, where the, the mistakes are, the two things that spring to mind there, and I want to know what you think is is actually the case, because it, it might be that he's he's able to identify the problem, but tactically and technically he's unable to find a system that deals with that. Is it? Do you think that's a failing in him, or do you think it's just that you don't have the players who are good enough to actually solve those problems? Looking, I I, I asked the same question I think to myself because. Looking, looking. If I looked at each of those individual players, I see a lot of positives. You know, I see a lot of positives in all those all those players. But when the mistakes, especially at the, I'm talking at the back, really at the moment. But when I see the mistakes made, they always feel like an aberration. You know, mm-hmm. but then they start to happen all the time, and and I think I'm still not sure because I think Liam Moore is an excellent ball playing defender he's a very he's he's a very forward thinking defender so when he's at his best is when he nips a ball and he bursts forward and he creates space mm-hmm. for other players and we've we've done, played some of our best football off the back of one of his runs forward yeah you know like Rio Ferdinand used to do so fantastically yeah. uh, in the past um but I think defensively he's so nervous now 
And I don't think it's his own... I don't think his skill's in doubt. I think it's the nerves, and I think it's the, the build-up of this fact that we can't keep clean sheet ever. Uh, and I think that is what's really... I think his brain's a bit scrambled. I don't... I, maybe he can't recover from that now. I don't know. But individually, like Andy Yadam, I think anybody who watches him sees he's a very, very good player. Tyler Blackett is very reliable, doesn't make many mistakes at the back. John O'Shea is obviously massively experienced and should be covered by the pace of Moore for the deficiencies that he has in his pace. Yeah. So on paper, it seems really like it should work. And I think it is all up top, you know. I think it's I think it's a, a problem in the mind for those guys now. But in midfield, I see massive deficiencies. I see yeah. huge deficiencies. And perhaps the fact that we don't have that control in midfield, that's what's hurting those defenders. Because... They shouldn't have cut through in two balls straight through to no. the back four anyway. No. And the real problem is the fact that, that Liam Kelly isn't good enough. Like, he had a fantastic game against Bristol City a week ago, and we were all singing his praises, but um, he's so, like, he's just he just doesn't do enough. There's not enough to his game. He's, he's very nervous on the ball. So the only time he does good stuff is when he has tons of time, yeah. which never happens in the championship. And and he's always passing it backwards. And I get so frustrated watching him play. Because I'm like, dude, when we go forward, we're good. Pass the fucking ball forward. It's it's horrible to watch at times. And in, 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 again, drawing comparisons with Oxford over the last couple of seasons as well. And, and the major symptoms of a you know and i get the sense this is the case at reading at the moment the major symptoms of a, of a badly misfiring midfield is that your opponents turn defense into attack like that yeah. and all of a sudden you're on the back foot and then yet when you get the ball slow you, you labor to get the ball forward. you can yeah. never get anywhere near the final third because because you're not doing the right job so absolutely so you're you're, you're you're far too porous for them to get through and also you're not able to, yeah. to usher the ball forward that's yourself. exactly what it is and then we went when we went to the 442 it was much better mm-hmm. um and in the end we end well we end up with everyone on the field basically by the end but the the, the problem is that I think Clement still has in his mind, because he's seen the individual skill of these players, I can play this type of football. I can play this 4-3-3 like I'm a proper fucking big fancy football team with these exciting wing yeah. players and one one amazing striker who can do all the work in the middle. It's you know it's a lovely idea. It's just not the reality. The reality is that we'd be much better off having uh, two central midfielders that are strong and tough and can receive the ball from a different from a defense and move it forward which they just can never do right now and I, I still think John Swift is easily the most talented player in, in the team from pure footballing technique and skill but he can't control the ball he can't I, I mean not literally yeah yeah I, he can't control the movement of the ball around the pitch and he doesn't know when to drop deep and he doesn't know when to go long and Bakuna who is our probably most reliable player in that in that spot like yesterday, was given the more forward role. He's our best player, right? So then you have Kelly and Rinomoto, who's who's a young, like a youth team player that's come up. He's playing in that role um, that Ezra Talahi would have would have played in had he been fit, or David Mile, or any any other of these of these other midfielders that we have and can't play for various reasons. Mm. And and between them, they're just not good enough. There's no situation, like you said, where the defenders can comfortably hand the ball off to a midfielder who knows what to do with the ball. Yeah. That is the crux of the problem. And when when Estar he played, the few games that he played, all of a sudden, he knows where to be all the time. He drops deep, 
He's not fast at all. In fact, he's kind of ponderous type of player. A bit like Sergio Busquets, right? And he'll just like drop in, not look like he's doing much, but he's in the right spot yeah. every time for that defender. And he makes space for himself and he finds a pass that moves the team forward. Yeah. And without him there, there is no one that is capable of doing it. And that little pass forward doesn't have to be spectacular. And that and that's Absolutely one of the biggest not. problems. And that's I think that's one of the big Oxford's big problems at the moment is is that is they're always looking for the, the special pass and yeah. the clever pass or the, 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 the pass that opens it. But actually you can you can just you can just change the the the, the, the the speed of play or the direction of the game or the, yeah. the, the, the play just, just with a simple little pass. Uh, but just things... keep the ball moving. Yeah. It's, it's a classic thing of football, right? It's a, it's one of the main tenets of like good quality football. Just keep the ball moving. But what you but what you also need um, is you need, when that person's on the ball, you need, there need to be a couple of nominated players who are the people who are yeah. looking to receive the ball. Yeah. Like, um, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's fairly basic stuff, but at the same time, if people are unaware of their roles, which appears to be the case very in Reading so. a lot of the time, yeah, then they're not so. going to be showing for it. So that person who's no. looking for that outlet is having to work extra hard, and then all of a sudden you need David Beckham to yeah, be able to exactly, bring yeah. ridiculous balls. No, I think we're reaching the point now, and I hope Clement sees it, that I think the idea that this team can play in the four-three-three is over. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to have four men in midfield in order to get get into games. And he has played with five at the back, and he's done all that stuff. Let's just play the fucking four four two. We've got the defense sorted now. They pick they pick themselves. They they can't keep a clean sheet, but maybe they will if we give the midfield something a little bit stronger to protect them. And we've got a striker who's in probably the hottest form in the football league at the moment. Yeah. You know, um, scoring f- uh, what now six in the last five. So. Let's let's just let's just get the ball forward more often because the guy's clearly in good form. Get the ball to him in places he can score, and he's going to score. You, you you need to be winning when you've got a, when you've got a player, a goal scorer in that kind of form. You need to be winning those games. Absolutely, because, it must be hard for him. Right? Yeah. He takes most chances that he's given at the minute, and some that he shouldn't score as well. In fact, both of the goals yesterday were great finishes that he didn't have a right to score from, really. And um, yeah, just give him a chance because at the end of it, his confidence is going to be high, but it's going to be tempered by the fact that all of his efforts are for nothing in yeah. a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah. You know? Very, very frustrating. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Who have you got next? I mean, at least, at least we got the draw because yeah. had we lost the game, it would have been even worse. We've got Wigan away next. But well, Wigan aren't having a great time. Of it, they're are not, they? but they're, they're down towards the bottom half yeah. of the table. But still, it's always a game that seems like it's going to be a tough one. Away yeah, from and they they started well as well, didn't they, Wigan? I think they I think they've fallen off a little bit. So yeah, I mean, there's yeah, but you're right, it's away from home. Yeah. Um, so it's just a difficult. But another international break. I mean, we were talking about this. Um, uh, earlier today off the pod and it's just worth mentioning I think I, I'm I'm frustrated by the international breaks not because of ne- of losing players or anything like that right but I'm it it's momentum for me is that there's been so many this is the third international break and we're not even into December yet and it just feels like it's very hard for teams to really get that momentum going mm-hmm. when they play a little run of games maybe only two or three and then it's another break. Would there be would there be an argument? Um, let, let's let's say for now that they're not going to reduce the number of international figure, uh, fixtures. Yeah. Do you think? Would you say there would be an argument for having so rather than having three three international breaks, you had uh, spread across a certain amount of time, you had two. 
but they were just slightly longer. So you played three games per international break rather than two. Yeah, I'd much prefer that because on the because on the the sort of vagaries of the of the fixture of the schedule, you might not play for five days after an international break as well. Yeah, yeah. So you could end up with having all of that time, and you're not able. Like some people say, oh, it's a great opportunity for you to get together and train. Well, you can't because three or four players that are key to your system aren't there to train with. And 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 yeah, no, from a club perspective, it's it, you, you have to write that time off, I suspect. Yeah. But the yeah. but but I actually think that would probably work out better for the international sides as well. If you've got three a, a space of three games. Yeah, they're together for together, a block. For, yeah, yeah, you're together for longer. Yeah. Um but then I don't know, maybe it might even but maybe it's better to go get together more often but for short periods of time don't know not, I'm not an international manager yeah but, it's tough but, I mean I really I'm you know I'm a big fan of international football but it's just it just seems frustrating and I think when you're especially when you're in a, a period of time where we can't find any form we win a game we lose a game it's all a bit messy you just kind of want some consistency somewhere so that you can see like let's play four games in a row <laughs> with no breaks and just see how that team goes and starts to gel well, I, I would quite like four games in a row where we don't suddenly lose Gavin White for two games. Um, You've had because, quite a few, yeah. Yeah, because off, off he goes for international duty, and I'm, I'm utterly got, made up for him. more than him, isn't there? I thought no, you had no, he, 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 no, I'm, Shandon Baptiste technically yeah. plays for Grenada, yeah. um, but he didn't go on the last the last break, and he's now out with a like an exploded shoulder. So, mm. um, so they're the only two internationals that we have. Um, and uh, But Gavin White going away is, is a major blow because he He's, he's one of our, our only touch wood consistently fit yeah. attacking players who actually is able to do things and score goals. And he's our joint top goal scorer at the moment as well. So, I mean, you know, this is it yeah. is a blow losing that yeah. guy. It really is. Yeah. Right then, we will take a very short break and then we will talk about Oxford's uh, nil-nil draw in the FA Cup just yesterday. So we'll be back in just a moment. Aye, that worldly podcast is great. Um, where's my money? So, uh, Andy, uh, another home game for Oxford this week. This time in the, I was about, I was about to, I was trying to remember what FA was. I was like, I was like, how can I not know what FA stands for? <laughs> the Football Association Cup. Yes, I got very confused because you're involved in lots of terrible cup competitions. Yeah. It's a, it's actually the, the Football Association Association Challenge Cup. It's the Challenge I Cup. Is, yeah. is its full as title. opposed to the trophy. Yeah. So tell, I was just thinking about this the other day. If if Oxford were involved in all of the available cup competitions to them in League One, how many would it be? Well, so well, well, so we we have to play in. We have to play in um, yeah. the League Cup. We play in the FA Cup. Uh, we have the FA Trophy as well. Um, that's it. That's all. What, all so, what, but what, so what was the check, the Czech Trophy? Czech Trophy. Trophy. So there is the FA Trophy. Is sorry, the FA is, Trophy? Oh, no, the football. No, sorry, not the FA Trophy. The Football League Trophy. Because there's the football. <laughs> okay, there's the Football League Trophy, yeah. which is that one, which is effectively um, league leagues one and leagues two. Yeah. Plus now the the under twenty one teams, yeah. um, but it was just just for those people. There's also the FA Trophy, yeah. which is for non league teams. Right, so yes. it's from the okay. conference down. Yes. Um, so it's yeah, so it's it's fucking really confusing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so the, the the football league trophy, which is now the Checker Trade Trophy, so it is only those three okay, tournaments. Good, good, good. The one that I always liked back in the day was the uh, was the Anglo Italian Cup, which I always thought was a nice little distraction. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't um, know what ever happened with that. Well, a lot, a lot of these club, 
like it's like the Intertoto Cup. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like yeah. These things, the Zenith Data Systems. Hey, like. <laughs> it's a big one for us. <laughs> it's a big one. Lovely that, bit of silverware. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> hanging up somewhere. Oh Jesus! Um, I, if, if if you're ever up in Manchester, I recommend go and have a look at the um, National Football Museum. Oh yeah. Oh, it's honestly, it's really really good. Nice. It's terrific. Um, and they've got basically all of the cups oh cool they've nice. like, got like, Oxford's only bit of silverware in there which oh, is the milk cup nice. the original milk cup so oh, that's wicked. in there so yeah, that's nice. um, yeah so there's yeah there's loads of stuff in there there's Ennis Data Systems trophies in there as well so yeah. yeah there's some really fucking hideous bits of silverware <laughs> in there there really are I thought but... that I went to the I went to the uh, football museum at uh, the Camp Nou Oh yeah, and yeah. it is fantastic. Whether I yeah. think whether you're a Barcelona fan or not, it's just a beautifully curated museum. Oh, good, yeah. So if you appreciate that kind of shit and you're a football fan, it's very yeah, cool. Yeah. But the amount of trophies, obviously they've won millions of trophies, but they some of them, like you said, are just fucking terrible. Yeah. And some of them are awesome, and some of them are just ab- abject shit. Especially like going back a days because Barcelona started as a tiny little like you know local, mm. tiny little local club. And they were involved in some weird stuff. And the trophies in Europe, I mean, not just in European competitions, but just the the domestic trophies in different European countries are often really, really, really hideous things, aren't they? Yeah, (laughs) really, 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 like, tasteless, horrible things. Yeah. But let's talk about one trophy that is beautiful. The FA Cup is a lovely old, lovely old jug. Really is. Um, and how how was it then? So this was a nil nil draw with FGR. Yeah, for our Screen Rovers. So the FA Cup is 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 one of my favourite competitions in football. Right, I sort of build a bit of a bit of a backstory to this. So um, because it's 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 the greatest leveller I think there is in 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 tournament in any kind of tournament football. It within reason strips out seeding as much as you possibly can it strips yeah. out as much as you possibly can advantage for the big teams it maintains a, a traditional cup structure that yeah. means that that any team can win on any day exactly right? and so the, the the only nod to seeding is that the uh premier league team and championship league team championship teams rather come in at, at round three yeah Every else at round one, and and throughout the preliminary qualifying rounds and the qualifying rounds, people at different levels come in. But that's the only way you can manage a tournament of that. Exactly, size. and in a way, I think it's fair because you don't want to be Billericay Town and draw Man City in the first round because although that would be a lot of fun, your FA Cup, you know, fun is over. Yeah, in and ninety it, minutes. What you do want to do is you want to have been through your preliminary rounds exactly. and then earn your place yeah. in the first round, and then draw Manchester City yes. and having having earned that. Exactly, um, like yeah. the third round rather than the first round, but yeah. Um, so yeah, so so for all those reasons, I think I honestly I think the FA Cup is is one of the greatest tournaments uh, in world football just because of its purity in that respect, um, and it has created some of the most unbelievably wonderful games of football I've ever watched in my entire life. One of my favourite um, recent uh, memories from Oxford United was beating Swansea in the in the third round of the FA Cup. That was that was an incredible occasion, bless you. Um, and it was really, really enjoyable and it kind of summed up uh, what was a, an absolutely magnificent season for us. So the FA Cup is 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 capable of such beauty, of such wonderful kind of like like dramatic and romantic. Exactly, stuff. real yeah. dramatic and romantic football. It's what football is about. Which is why it's shit when Man United play Arsenal in the final or something. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's really annoying. And so, so you have all of this kind of really kind of good stuff going on with the FA Cup. So there's always a little bit, and, and, and Carl Robinson said this in his 
pre-match interview as well um, and I agree with him on this and he said that there is actually something special about the FA Cup there's there's almost like a little different atmosphere in the air when the FA Cup right, comes around the TV coverage of it's always really good you've got yeah, the non-league yeah. teams playing teams from high divisions and all of that all of that is really really wonderful stuff which is also why it's so utterly utterly depressing when the game is this fucking turgid and boring and dreadful is Oxford United oh, versus no. Forest Green Rovers was was it as bad as the scoreline suggested yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't fun um so Carl uh, Robinson decided um he was going to make a few changes for this not not personnel changes but formation changes so he's okay. he's gone for a 442 which he's done a couple of times this season but he's gone for a 442 he was fairly solid i thought no well, no he's chopped and changed but but he so he goes for he goes for 442 um with a diamond which he's done okay. before but kind of intermittently here and there yeah. um and so he goes with um with Sam Smith and Gavin White up front now Sam Smith um I didn't see it cuz cuz it's awful but apparently he had a decent game uh, against Wickham in the Checker Trade Trophy midweek where we won 3-0 yeah um so but doesn't count in any way shape or form because it was our basically our own 16s team yeah, against okay. Wickham's like you know um elderly gents 11 <laughs> kind of thing um so the chair boys yeah um so um yeah so he plays he starts with Gavin White and Sam Smith up front and it was like, well no width, but yeah, but yeah. but but nevertheless, he's trying something different. Be interesting, you know. He's some of the personnel from the previous game. Maybe this is a uh, he's giving this as an opportunity to just to to try something yeah, different. Yeah, so fair uh, yeah, ten minutes into the game, it's not working. <laughs> so he, he puts Gavin White back out on the wide, and it's basically okay. back to the four three three or the four five one as yes. it kind of is. Yeah. So so ten minutes into the game, the experiment is over, and we're just back to what we were playing previously. I mean, the game itself was pretty boring. Um, there were there were occasions where it was actually a little bit open and a bit of back and forth between both sides. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it was pretty flat, and I think Oxford didn't help that by there was there was no real life or spark in in it in the game for Oxford. It, it wasn't helped by the fact it was a pretty small crowd. It was, yeah. It was let's say what was the turnout? It was like three nine nine five, I think it yeah, was. Okay. It was fucking chucking it down before the game and right. obviously it's not including the season ticket price so I think that put a lot of people off it was only 12 quid but at the same time I think a lot of people would have been given the league form um, given that Christmas is coming up and people yeah. are saving money I think yeah. people have said maybe not and then the fact that it was then chucking it down with rain beforehand I think was enough to put a lot of people off all credit for our screen rovers by the way 450 <coughs> people came along okay. yeah, uh, which nice. is a really good turnout I mean I know it's not far for them and it's only 12 quid but at the same time you know we've had some reasonably sizable league one clubs bring less than that yeah so, and they'll be pretty happy with their day's work i suppose yeah yeah, yeah. Away, they will yeah they will absolutely yeah. i mean i think in, in as i'll go, go on to in a minute i think there'll, there'll be some of them will probably think actually you know what could have got something out of that maybe should have done i mean so we we were we were flat I, i'm not going to go into too much detail on it because it was just it was just a whole bunch of people not really firing like yeah. like we have seen <coughs> basically that team play perfectly well before so I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting this is any kind of indication of like some kind of like inherent sudden drop off from Oxford it was just a bad game from a lot of people I think they were having difficulty just getting up for it to be perfectly honest right, with you yeah, which sure. isn't it isn't on and it isn't right and it isn't acceptable um, and partly the manager's job to kick them up the backside and make sure they are up for that game but then nevertheless that happens in all football games yeah sure right? so not in all football games but in, you know yeah. for, in all, for all football teams so it was it's also a bit disjointed as well isn't it having to play two league two cup games back to back as well which is a bit of a funny funny 
anyone. Yeah, but other true. teams are never settled. You know, yeah. usually it's a chance for the manager to mix things up a bit. But I mean, I think there were a lot of people actually saying that, given that the youngsters had done so well midweek, there was maybe a, a chance again to give them a bit uh, another run out in 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 this yeah. game. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, people would have had to go at him for not taking the tournament seriously if he'd put youngsters out there. So he probably couldn't have won there, to be honest with you. Um, uh, in reality, like so Carl Robinson after the game actually said that he felt we should have won the game and we had the better chances. Don't agree with him. Um, I, didn't Forest Green miss an open goal? That was what I heard. Not an open goal, but they had two very good opportunities. Okay. And there was one the guy in the penalty area about 13 yards out, I think, basically dead centre. I mean, there was a goalkeeper there and there were yeah. defenders knocking around the penalty area, but he had time to pick his spot out and he should have buried it right he absolutely yeah. should have buried it and then again in the second half similar situation slightly wider than center but a guy kind of coming in behind the play into the penalty area late okay, yeah, yeah. landed with the ball and he really 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 should have scored mm. bare, bare minimum get it on target and make the goalkeeper work but he skewed it horribly horribly wide uh, they also hit the post as well there but them hitting the post came from a, what was half a chance at best um so Forest Green Rovers very easily could have won that game. Um, we we had some opportunities as well, um, but most of our opportunities were us snatching at kind of half opportunities, half chances that we made a reasonable fist of. Yeah. So, you know, like shots from distance that went close, um, you know, like for quick little whipped balls across the face of goal that defender scrambles away, that kind of thing. Sure. So so for, for what was a very fairly flat game, there were some moments of interest, moments yeah. of interest but but... But for more more than anything else, it was just pretty dismal and pretty flat. Um, bit weird that there was a couple of dickheads booed at the end of the game. Oh, I mean, come on. that 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 a is disrespectful for Forest Green Ravens because they're only about yeah. they're only about nine places below us in the football <laughs> yeah, league exactly. for a start. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but also at the same time, the, the performance wasn't that bad. It was just a it was just a bit shit. Yeah. Um, so. I, it's, a, I, it's a classic nil-nil draw on a wet, on a wet yeah. Saturday afternoon. You're never going to come away being very happy about it. Like, I was speaking to a friend afterwards and he was furious and he was really angry at our passing and really angry at our kind of wayward passing and just us getting the basics wrong and stuff like that. I'll be honest with you, I was, I was less bothered. Yeah. Um, it's not that I didn't want to do well and I don't want to progress in the FA Cup. Of course I do, but there's just, some, there just something negative and draining about the entire afternoon. Sometimes it's like that, isn't it? it out yeah. me, Sometimes like, it's like that. You just have a time that's like, oh, what have I got out of this? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> There's not much to take from it. There was one uh, talking point before the game because um, he does this little kind of pre-match kind of chat um, with, with the radio and the paper. Uh, where he talked through the team yeah um and he mentioned well i think somebody had spotted this and so the club have had to effectively confirm it that uh, jordan graham who is a wolves like winger slash attacking kind of midfielder um who is currently on loan at ipswich town but not getting any games um he played for <laughs> oxford united back in the promotion season he had a very short spell with us and was very 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 good yeah um but he but he then got recalled to wars um played 11 games for them for the rest of that season i think they got a really really bad injury and hasn't played basically any football since then um we were in for him in the summer people were very excited about the prospect of getting him back but that didn't happen now because he's on he's on loan at ipswich but not playing any games carl robinson basically approached wolves and said can he train with us Okay. And so, so he is now training with us um, with a view 
Tours taking him in on some kind of a deal in January. I'm not sure whether that'll be a loan loan deal or actually a a purchase. I don't know. So lots of people really excited about that before the game. I'll be honest with you. Frustrated by by, by the fact that I was being so negative about it. But this is a guy who in three seasons, I think we counted up, he's played 18 games in three seasons. Part of that was because of a very long injury. But since that injury, he's since recovering from that injury, he's basically played no football. I think any any new player is always going to bring some excitement because you haven't fucking seen him play yet. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's only when they join and you see him a couple of times and you're like, oh. Well, and obviously we have seen him three seasons ago. Yeah. He was part of that wonderful circus, the amazing season that that was. And he, he contributed a very nice cameo role to it but this guy is untested over a long period of time with anybody Um, so I understand people's excitement but I add a note of caution to this is that and also you know he's a He's a wide attacking player. You've got a lot got of them. Fucking load of them. I mean, that's one area we don't need fucking strengthening. Yeah. So um, t- talking talking of Oxford's loan uh, situation, what happened with with Niall? So Niall Ranger end? is still training. He is. Um, so okay. he he got a little mention in the um in the post match interview with uh, Carl Robinson, where basically uh, Robinson got a load of stick for this, but baby he ba- he was basically saying like. He was trying to say, I'm looking around the changing rooms and I'm looking around at all the players who are unavailable to me yeah. and I'm seeing these, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. I think actually what he meant was there are lots of options that we that we could utilise in the future that we can do really well with. But, okay. we, but he said he was frustrated that he can't at the moment. But the trouble is, is that people mis- misunderstood huh. that and misinterpreted it. That is him saying, we've got those players out injured. Um, we've got him, Niall Ranger, who isn't playing for us yet. We've got Jordan Graham, who's not playing for yeah. us yet. And everyone's saying, oh God, he's he's blaming our poor form for players that we haven't even yeah, signed. Yeah. So well, I don't think that's what he was doing. I think he was just trying to look on positives, trying to say maybe there's a... And this is one of the problems is his post-match interviews is he's he's completely incapable of, of getting his point across. And right. so he gets a yes. load of shit for saying things that I don't actually think are it's things just he's his said. communication is bad. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I actually think for all the things that we should be having a pop at Carl Robinson for, his post-match interview style or the things he said are not it. Because yeah, okay. he's not good at that, and he's not here to be good at post-match interviews. He's sure. here to be good at winning his football games. He's failing on that front <laughs> as well, admittedly. But let's judge him on that, yes. and not on the because yeah, yeah. because otherwise you're, you're focusing on the wrong things. So I, I, I'm not. I get I'm frustrated by the fact that so much time gets done talking about how good or not he is at talking about things. Sure. That's irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. What is irrelevant what is relevant is about what's going on on the pitch. Um so Nile Ranger is um he's still in the picture. Carl Robinson and he hasn't been late once yet. <laughs> and it's like, well, of course he fucking hasn't. He's de- he hasn't played any football for nearly not, for nearly a calendar year. Yeah, and for yeah. A near nearly a calendar year he hasn't fucking played any football. He is desperate for a football team to come to come yeah. and pick him up and the real test is if and when we pick him up and we take him on as you as you kind of hint to and he's suddenly on a contract how he fucking behaves then yes and you yeah. cannot you cannot judge it at all by by somebody when they're they're out to impress it's like the person who can like oxford fans will know what i mean by by mentioning john ashton it's the guy who comes in on loan when he's in on loan he's fucking amazing the second he signs a contract he suddenly turns into dog yeah, shit yeah, yeah. and and that's exactly what will happen with nile ranger mark my words everybody timestamp this fucking comment <laughs> right because because he's going to he's going to be be good as gold in this whole kind of like getting getting himself in kind of ingratiated with a club Carl robinson will give him a contract whatever a kind of contract it will be 
Um, and to start with, it'll be fine. But it his his habits will eventually kind of come back, and he will the same pattern that has happened across his entire career will happen again. Yeah. Um. So so he he's still in the picture. Um. It's going to happen. It is okay. definitely going to happen. There's there's absolutely no question in my mind whatsoever. Um. Um. Carl Robinson's just waiting for the dust to settle on it. Yeah. He's just waiting for the outrage to subside. Um. <laughs> and then he'll probably try and make the thing happen. Um. And and <laughs> funny enough, uh, Rosie was making a point. Uh. That she she said. I mean, I know I'm quite cynical at the best of times, but it wouldn't surprise me if this whole Jordan Graham thing has been brought in to try and placate the fans oh, to try and mask the Nile Ranger oh, things like. It wouldn't put it past him. I'm not sure that is the case, but but ne- <laughs> but, ne- but nevertheless, it wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. But anyway, so there's there's a lot of kind of off the stuff, off the pitch stuff going yeah. on with Oxford, as there always is at the moment. So um, on the pitch, uh, you've got Gilliam coming up. So Gilliam had a nice three uh, one win uh, against MK Dons in the FA Cup, and they're about four places above. Yeah. So we, we we again we've got another not very good team coming up yeah um you know who we've struggled with a little bit um so we've we've you know we we managed to get ourselves into a position where we we, we won a couple of games we are now seven unbeaten eight and eight unbeaten in all, all tournaments if you yeah. consider the checker trade trophy um so i mean i think you know there are positives there but the important point is once you've steadied the ship you've eventually got to point you've that ship in a on. fucking direction yeah um, and there's no point spending the rest of the season steadying the ship. And we've got, after the Gillingham game, we've then got some pretty tricky games. We've got Doncaster, Rochdale, and I think um, somebody really difficult um, coming up after that. So we've got, the start of December is really tricky. Yeah. So we've got to get the most out of November as we possibly can. Um, so I really think we, we badly, badly need to win against Gillingham. Choppy waters ahead Indeed. to continue your analogy. Uh, right then, I think that brings us towards the end of the show. It does. So I think we've, we once again a cathartic experience, Andy. Just get some of that, uh, get some of that out there. We got we've got uh, the international break coming up now. So our next game, I think, is uh, away at Wigan in a couple of weeks' time, and we shall reconvene next time. Yeah. So I'm going to have to ask you, Andy to uh, say goodbye yeah cheerio everybody uh, and you can find us on worldypod on instagram.com uh, inter- no you can't you can find us worldypod at gmail.com worldypod on instagram and twitter uh, you go to podbean to find us or go on itunes spotify and all these other places that you get your pods and so we will see you next time on worldy I had these little strawberry chocolates Matt bought us. They're fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs>